0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Good morning, everyone. So great to see you all here today. Uh, As Leah said, my name is Jeff, and I am the Connections Pastor here at Southside. My family and I have been attending Southside for just over a year now, and uh, it's been such an incredible experience, and uh, we, just, we just love being part of this community. So uh, as I get started, I wanna introduce my family a little bit to you here. That is my wife, Brittany. We've been married for 12 years now, and uh, she is the kindest, uh, most generous, most patient person I've ever met in my entire life. I often joke that God brought us together because she doesn't have very many problems and I have lots, so having two people working on one person's problems is, is ideal. Um, next, we're gonna see my daughter Kensington and my wife. Uh, I call her Kenzie or Kenz sometimes. She is the smartest, prettiest, fastest, strongest, tallest, best artist, best soccer player. Uh, best piano player, uh, ball-throwing, lawn-mowing kid you've ever seen. She's three and a half, and she makes being a dad uh, just the most incredible thing. Everyone always thinks that their kid is really special, but mine actually is. So that's Kenzie. Uh, They are by far the greatest thing that I have going on in my life. And um, we also have a dog. This is Charlie. He is a golden retriever. And Charlie is proof that looks are not everything. (laughs) My wife is a dog person, and I am not. My wife is an animal person, and I am not. So, you know, we always thought when we have a kid, we'll get a dog, and because Brick grew up with a dog, and it was so beautiful, they grew up together, and it was such a nice experience for Brick. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. Golden Retrievers seem like a great family dog. I've seen Air Bud, you know, the movie. I, I enjoyed that, and so I thought, man, we'll get a dog, Charlie, and he'll be just like that. But I was bamboozled. No one told me the Golden Retrievers are, like, super cute till they're 12 weeks old, and then they turn into Velociraptors in your home and take all of my stuff specifically all the time and sit on my head all the time, and so, I don't know if he can sense that I'm not a dog person, but I'm really... <sighs> like when he turns two, if he could just chill out a little bit, that'd be really nice. So if I love Charlie, I'm just joking around, but... Um, I had planned to just show a slideshow for about 30 minutes and detail all the milestones of Kenzie's life month by month, but Leah said I wasn't allowed to, so uh, let's jump into it this morning. Um, We've been in a series about the book of John for quite a while now, and I'm gonna be talking about John 13. So starting in verse one, it was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Artist, Kenzie, at work right there. Um, Just before the Passover feast. So Passover, if you haven't heard of that before, think, it's just a celebration. Think Easter, think your birthday, think your vacation, just a a time where Jesus and his friends got together to have dinner together. And um, that verse said that Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. And it makes me think, if I knew I was at the end of my life and I knew right when I was going, I think I would wanna spend time with those who mattered most to me and I'd wanna talk about the things that I valued the most. And so as we start to look through John 13 today and as John comes to an end uh, in the future here, Jesus is spending time with people he really loves and talking about the things he really values. So let's think about that today. So I'm going sh- to read about eight, eight chapters here, so just buckle in for a second, okay? <clears throat> the evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus. Jesus replied, you do not know now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Now some of you are listening to that passage and you're a little distracted as I started to talk about someone having to wash someone's feet. Some of you might have been teeny bit disgusted. Feet are a little gross, you know? If you have, if I can be vulnerable for a second, feet like mine, they're extra gross. (laughs) My wife's not a huge fan of feet, maybe more my feet, I don't know why. But I'll like ask, like, hey, my foot's kinda sore, like, can you give me a foot rub? And she'd be like, you need to go wash them off and put new socks on and maybe. I'll rub your feet. I even tested it a couple weeks ago because I knew I was gonna talk about this. I was like, oh Brent, my foot's sore. Like, can you rub my foot? And she gave me one of these. (laughs) And then I'm like, if we had a stopwatch, I bet like she rubbed my foot for 2.3 seconds. (laughs) And then she threw it. Gross. So my feet are kind of nasty. And then a couple years ago, my one foot took a turn for the worst. I sustained a significant big toe injury. Some of you are wondering, what is a significant big toe injury, Jeff? Thank you for asking. I'll break the whole thing down for you right now. <laughs> so we were setting up for an event at church and we are bringing out tables. And now, we're, I'm not talking like those little plastic tables, you know, you can like carry one under each arm. Like I'm talking like the old school, like thick tables, strongest tables ever made. As long as you brace the legs under them correctly. I'm telling you, Like Pastor Dave Poole and I, we could tap dance on these tables. They're so strong. As long as the legs were braced properly underneath them. Some of you can see where this is going already, but don't spoil it for everyone else, okay? So we'd set all the tables up. This is my table staging area. We'd set all the tables up, but we put a couple in the wrong spot. So we had to move them quick. So normally, you know, you pick up a table, one person on each side and move it, but I was in a hurry. So I just picked up the table and I just dragged it this way. And then I stopped and I... Release the table. Now, two things here. Strongest table of all time. Summertime, I was wearing flip-flops. Yeah, no good. And then uh, the other thing is the night before, we were setting up this new drum cage we had just got and we were putting the roof on and the person I was holding it with, kinda, it slipped a little bit, so it fell onto my toe. So it was already bruised and swollen. And I was limping a little bit. So I'm back over here with the table. So I let go and the strongest table of all time falls three feet onto just my big toe. And honestly, it basically exploded. It was terrible. My friends Barry and Dayton were there, and they were kind of laughing at first, like, oh, dude, is that the same toe? Like, that's so funny, how could that happen? And then they saw I was just writhing on the ground, and then they got closer and they saw the carnage. (laughs) Now listen, like, you guys, like, seen CSI, you know, like the chalk outline, like, Around. There was a blood outline around my toe on the ground. So I'm gonna show you a picture of it right now. My toe's going up. <laughs> Just kidding. I learned, about, I learned a little bit about a couple of you there. I said that and you are like, okay, here we go, let's see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm down, I wanna see it. I'm not gonna show you a picture of my toe. But my toe's doing good, thank you for asking. It's doing a lot better. Dealt with it for years, but now I had my toenail surgically removed. So it's a beautiful toenail. My wife's a big fan. Of my toe, so anytime I read a story about Jesus having to wash the feet of his friends, I think, man, Jesus would have to wash my foot and my weird toe. (laughs) And then maybe you're thinking, like, why would why would that happen at at dinner? Like, if you invited me over, I'd be like, oh, Jeff, nice to see you, man. Like, can I take your coat? Would you like a Coke Zero? Maybe a little snack. Also, since I have you here, can I give you a pedicure, real quick? Probably not gonna happen today, but it actually would have been considered a common courtesy in Jesus' day. If I had you over, I would say, hey, let me take your coat. Would you like a Coke Zero? Also, this servant will wash your feet. They would wear sandals back in the day, so they're walking around, their feet would have been dusty and dirty and maybe a little dung on there from time to time. So it would have been a thing to prep for dinner. They would have had their foot washed. So Jesus is at dinner, he grabs a bowl and a towel, fills it with water, and then goes and washes his friend's feet. And it's, a, it's just an interesting picture for me. We have Jesus, the Son of God, he's come from heaven to earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, become, Like takes on human form, comes to earth. What a humbling experience to come from, being, from heaven to earth, and then He takes this step the day before he's gonna die, right at the end of his life with his friends, and he steps from the table with his friends, grabs a bowl of water and a towel, and takes the position of a servant and washes his friend's feet from heaven to earth and then from the table to the floor. Jesus does this for his friends and then he says this to them just to make sure he's really clear. He says, do you, uh, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them, Jesus came to do what no one else would do. And then he says, You should do as I have done. With my uh, 45 minutes remaining this morning, relax, just a little joke there. Uh, after the introduction, you know, of my family and my awesome toe, um, you know, we read through a story like, story like this, and if each of us wrote it, uh, read it today, we would maybe get something different from it. There's so many different angles or themes that could resonate with us. But I just wanna share a couple things that stand out to me. First is this, reading through this story, we can see that um, Jesus was really hurt by his friends, that um, you know, people hurt people. Judas was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of his best friends, Judas had one of the most unique you know, front row seats in history. He got to be right by the Son of God. He got to witness every miracle, hear every sermon, see people delivered, see people set free and their hearts restored. Judas got to be on the front row for all of that. Incredible to think about, but we read that uh, the scripture says that Jesus knew that Judas was the one who would betray him. Judas is the one who turns Jesus over to the Roman guards to be killed, to be crucified. So when Jesus is washing the feet of his friends, he gets to Judas and he washes Judas's feet too. He knows that Judas is the one who's going to kill him and he washes his feet. That's such a, like if I put myself in that moment and try to think about that. Like I know this person is going to effectively kill me and yet Jesus washes his feet. Don't know if I could do it. Honestly, don't know if I could. But Jesus did in that moment. And I think in this moment we can see that Jesus sympathizes with us, that we've all been hurt and I think we resonate with him in this moment. We've all been hurt by people who are really close to us. People who we had relationship with that we thought, man, they, surely they would never hurt me Maybe it was because they did something or maybe it was their absence. Maybe it was neglect or ignorance that we were hurt by them. So we can, yeah, Jesus, I really resonate with that in that moment. But I think if I look at this story, there's the other perspective of Judas. You know, I really wanna resonate with Jesus. Like, oh yeah, I've been hurt like Jesus. But then there's also times in my life that if I really look at it and I'm honest, that I've been a little bit more like Judas where I've hurt those who are close to me, where I have, you know, betrayed Jesus too. When I was 19, I was uh, heavily involved in church. I was full time as an intern, I was in a small group. I was on the worship ministry, I was serving in youth. Saturdays, we cleaned the church. You know, I was fully plugged in. But I had kind of this secret life on the side, I was sleeping around. I was on the front row, just like Judas, of all the things that God was doing in the church, the healings, the sermons, the truth, the miracles, people being restored and changed. I was right there, I was watching it all happen, but I was like Judas at the table, just pretending. My friends were plugged in and going after it, but I was just kinda off to the side doing my own thing. And I remember at one point, one of the girls came forward and, the truth came out and I thought my life was done. I thought it was all over. All the dreams I had, all the things, all the plans that I wanted. You know, the girl I hoped one day I would marry. It was over, it was done. People would only ever see me for what I had done. I'd be labeled that forever. I felt paralyzed and I felt stuck. But no one is ever too far gone for God. Jesus came down from the table and chose to wash my feet. There were consequences absolutely for my actions, of course, but there was so much mercy. There was so much grace. Jesus gave me a clean slate, he washed my feet. Some people gave me a clean slate, some people didn't really, but God did give me a clean slate. Some of you are thinking that you're like that today. You're kind of in a stuck place maybe. You feel like you need a clean slate. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Super glad that you're here. Really believe that God's gonna speak to us as we keep going this morning. So my next thought is, Jesus will clean you. We see this moment with Peter happen where Jesus is telling him, hey, I'm gonna wash your feet. And Peter says, no, I'll wash my own feet. Peter's such an interesting character in the Bible. We have Judas who's a little bit more secretive. He's a little bit more hidden. We don't hear him talk much at all in the Bible, but Peter, we hear him all the time. Peter always tells you what he's thinking. And I'm grateful reading him in the Bible because, like, Peter just says what I'm thinking, which is really helpful for me sometimes. Because I'll read a story and think, oh, like, why isn't anyone? And Peter just comes out and says it. So, in this moment, you know, Jesus is washing all these feet and comes to Peter. Peter goes, No, Lord, you will not wash my feet. And Jesus says, Hey, like, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part with me. And so then Peter says, Okay, well, do my hands and my head as well. No, Jesus, I'll do it myself. Jesus says, I'll do it for you. And then he goes, okay, well, also do this for me. Peter wants Jesus to come on Peter's terms. He wants to earn the foot washing. And then when Jesus says, well, I've got to do it, he goes, okay, but also do it this way for me. And I think it's a pretty clear picture of kind of religion in a way. Jesus is coming and saying, hey, I'll do this for you. But man, I wanna, I wanna help, I wanna try, I wanna earn it, I wanna do something to make it feel like I can kind of be a part of it. And it's amazing in even my story when I was 19, you know, on the track to feeling forgiven and thinking, okay, like now I'm on my way forward, but then it's so fast to trying to earn clean, trying to earn that forgiveness. But this is showing us that Jesus is just gonna do it, like it's a free gift. Jesus is the only one who can make us clean. He's the only one who can bring that forgiveness. Salvation is a free gift. God sent Jesus to earth in human form. Jesus lived a perfect life, performing the miracles and the healings and restoring broken hearts and speaking truth to people. He lived a sinless life. Him who knew no sin became sin so that we didn't have to die for our sins. So Jesus died and then was raised again three days later so that we can receive eternal life, a free gift of salvation. Maybe you have been... Maybe you're not a Christian, you've just started coming here, it's your first day here. Maybe you've been a Christian for two months or two years or 20 years or 40 years. You hear this forgiveness piece and you go, yeah, yeah, okay, like, you know, it's not always easy to remember. But yeah, like, salvation is a free gift. And then we come to a passage that talks about how Jesus makes us clean. And that's a little bit harder to understand you know we'll still feel shame we'll still feel condemnation we'll feel guilt for things that could have happened a long time ago or could have happened just yesterday our feelings try to tell us that we're not clean 1 john 1:9 says this if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's so easy to think that forgiveness is step one and then clean is step two. We're forgiven by God and then we have our work to do to kind of earn that clean. Like if I just read my Bible enough, if I just pray enough, if I just lead a good enough life, then maybe I'll finally be free of I'll finally be clean from blank. But what this scripture tells us is that when we are forgiven, God sees us as clean. When you're forgiven, God sees you as clean. What's tricky is that our journey with God doesn't just make the feelings go away. We're forgiven and then God says we're clean, but then we still have our stuff to deal with. You know, we know that salvation is a free gift, but then we work out our salvation. We don't work for it, we work out our salvation. And you know what that journey looks like? It's just learning to agree with God about how he sees us and what he says about us. Working out your salvation is agreeing with God about how he sees you, and what he says about you. When you are forgiven, God sees you as clean, but we have to kind of work that out and our feelings are gonna tell us otherwise, but we can just say, all right, today, Lord, I'm gonna do my best to believe what you say about me. There's this great quote by Soren Kierkegaard, that says, and now with God's help, I'm becoming myself. With God's help, we become ourselves. So you're hearing me talk about forgiveness and a clean slate, getting to hear a bit of my story of when I was 19 and God made a way for me and you're saying, all right, maybe I feel like that a little bit today too. But maybe it sounds too good to be true. And like, honestly, it is too good, but it is true. It is too good, but it's true. God offers us forgiveness and a clean, Slate. That's what he wants for you. He's not here to condemn you or judge you or tell you that you're a terrible person. He's offering you forgiveness and a clean slate today. I'm just gonna take a moment. We're all just gonna bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here today and you've never said, man, God, I... I want a chance here, Lord. I want forgiveness. I want a clean slate. I wanna believe that what Jesus did those thousands of years ago, that there is a free gift of salvation for me today. If you want forgiveness and a clean slate today, if you wanna believe in Jesus, I'm just gonna encourage you to put, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God wants to bring you forgiveness and a clean slate today. Awesome, there's hands up going all over the room. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Would you just pray along with me silently in your head? God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and died and rose again, that we can have eternal life, that we can be saved, that we can be forgiven and clean this morning. Thank you that it is too good, but it is true. And that you're with us every step of the way. In Jesus name, amen. Amen, let's celebrate those people this morning. I wanna be the first person to just say congratulations. That's awesome, I'm so proud of you and glad that you took that step this morning. If you could do me a favor and text LIFE to 604-670-3040, we would love to be able to connect with you and help you take your next step today. So verse 14 says this, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. The key to being great for God is serving. The key to being blessed by God is serving. You wanna be great for God, serve. You wanna be blessed by God, serve. I am only on this stage today because there's people who, when I was younger, served me. My first interaction with church, outside of kinda of being dragged on a Sunday morning if I slept over at my grandparents, was youth group. I was 14, started going to youth, and there were these guys who just gave me the time of day. Maybe one of the first times in my life outside of you know my parents or my teachers at school that someone really took the time to just say hey to me every week. They were just always around and they were just always kind of nice to me and I felt like I finally had somewhere to belong and uh, just had some friends, you know? And so I'm here today because people made that connection with me. After that, I invited my parents to come to the Christmas service because I really wanted to go because I heard it was super cool. My parents got saved and we started going to church ever since. Like that's My story is youth getting saved and then somehow this, you know? You could be that for someone. You could have impact in 14-year-old Jeff's life. They're out there right now. Some of you, when I say the word serve, you get your walls go up a little bit, but I guarantee that if you wanna change your life today, you could serve here at Southside. You wanna be blessed by God today, you could serve here at Southside. And I know I I can hear the excuses too. I know some of you right away are like, man, you have no idea how busy I am. Man, you're right, I honestly don't know. I have no clue how busy you are. You're You're probably way busier than I am. But I'm not saying this because I just don't actually believe that when you serve, your life will be changed. Your life, it'll be changed if you set some time aside and commit to being involved, like you're gonna find your niche, you're gonna find your lane, you're gonna find people who are serving just like you, and you're gonna have impact in people's life. God will bless you for it. Some of you today, your first Sunday, or you've only been here for a month, you're thinking, man, I'm super new, I don't even know how to get involved or how to plug in. I have great news for you. Next Sunday, June 11th, we're gonna be having a class called 101. We're gonna feed you lunch. We're gonna talk a little bit about who we are as a church, talk a little bit about what we do. I'll be there, I'll get to meet you and connect a little bit with you. But it's just a great opportunity to be able to just see us and then find ways for you to take your next steps and get plugged in and find an area to serve. Maybe some of you have been coming here for a little while. You hear serve, oh, that popped up. I'm gonna ask you to text 101 to 604-670-3040 after the service. If you can just register for that, then I would love to be able to see you there. Some of you have been coming for uh, a little while, a couple months maybe. You've heard us talk about serving, you've seen people in you know, different colored shirts helping out and you're thinking, "Man, I'd maybe love to be involved in this area, but it seems like there's so many people already and, I don't really know if I'd be as good as that person at doing it, so maybe I'll just wait till later. I know we just met, but can I tell you something? You're wrong. You're wrong. If you step in to serve, you'll be doing it like no one else has ever been able to do it. There's only one you out there. God's created you uniquely with gifts and talents and humor, maybe quirky, some of you guys, some quirky humor. But when you step into something like that, you're bringing something that we've never had, you. And then us as a team and a community, we benefit from that because everyone has something to offer. So whether you think you're really busy, I'm sure you are. Whether you're new, yeah, you're brand new, that's awesome. Whether, and if you've been sitting in there thinking, man, I don't know if I can plug in, I'd encourage you to do it. Your life will be changed and you will have so much impact in other people's lives. My life has changed from being served and serving people. My life's been refined through it. I made friends through it. I learned to love God more. I learned to love the church more through all of those seasons, and I'm so grateful that I was able to. So where can you serve? I already talked about youth and how that had such a major impact in my life. My kiddo, Kenzie, Remember her, the tallest, smartest, fastest, you know, three and a half year old that God's ever made. She loves kids' church. Like she loves it. Some Sundays I'm singing on worship team and so I leave the house at 6.35. So my wife is trying to get Kinsey ready, you know, trying to feed her, trying to do her hair. And Kinsey changes her mind how she wants her hair done, like all the time. And finally, you know, she decides on her ninth dress of the morning. Okay, this is the one I'm gonna wear to church. Brett has to load Kenzie up, get her to the church. You know, we check her in, we walk her back there. She goes back and has so much fun. And we take her out and we hang out in the little parent area for a bit and she's playing and then it's time to go and she's like, no, like you're the worst parents ever. (laughs) you know, we're trying to drag her out of church gently, of course. And then she's screaming her head off. I'm sure you guys have heard my child specifically yelling in the lobby. Get her in the car, she's all sweaty and crying and doesn't wanna leave. Finally comes down on the way home and says to Brett. Mommy, did you know that God loves me? And like we're trying our best as parents to create a world changer, to create a little girl who loves the Lord and loves the church and just trying to set her up for a great life. But man, what a tap in that there's people who love my daughter so much and care for her. And then we get to benefit from that, people who are just helping us raise our little girl. You could be that to someone's Kenzie. You could be a Miss Amy or a Miss Heather who my daughter adores and just wants to see all the time. You could have an incredible impact in someone's life and kids' ministry. Maybe you wanna shake hands at the door. Maybe you want to help with coffee or be on the safety team or help park cars or you see these awesome cameras we have in the room and you wanna learn how to point and shoot one. Maybe you think, oh man, I can sing, I'd love to be on the worship team. Don't worry, we'll tell you if you can't sing. We'll help you out there. But hey, (laughs) there's an area for you to step in and jump in and serve. And I'm not saying it because we just need to fill our quota of people. It will change your life. God promises that you will be blessed when you serve other people. You'll be blessed. So I'd love for you after the service to text serve to 604-670-3040. It's a great opportunity for you to kind of see what we do and to plug in and just find areas that you can connect. If you're new, again, we'd love to see you at 101 and we'll talk about some of those things as well. My last thought today, last one, is how can you serve those who are closest to you? Maybe you're single today. How do you serve those closest to you? Maybe you? haven't talked to a friend in a long time, give them a call, that's serving, seeing how people are done or how they're doing. Maybe at work, there's that one garbage can in the kitchen that just like piles up all the time and like people like make a game of just piling one more piece of garbage on top of that massive garbage can. Maybe that's you now, maybe you just empty that garbage can. I don't know, maybe. Maybe you have a grumpy neighbor If if you're not thinking of a grumpy neighbor right now, it's you, by the way, so. (laughs) Maybe you have a grumpy neighbor and you're mowing your lawn because it's lawn mowing season and you see that their grass is pretty long. Maybe you mow it, I don't know. If you're married today, how can you serve your spouse? How can you try to outserve one another? Husbands, what's your wife's busiest day of the week? Which one is it? how can on that day you just help do blank? How can you serve her? Wives, maybe rub your husband's feet every once in a while. I don't know. (laughs) But there's always ways to serve one another in your home. I want that to be the thought as you leave today. How can I serve those closest to me? Next week, we're gonna be continuing on in our series in the book of John. Pastor Mike's gonna be back speaking. You do not wanna miss it. Invite your friends, invite your family. Love you guys. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.